Welcome. Already inter already interrupting me again. Again, man. Let me at least get through this this time, please. Okay. <laughs> I just want to introduce um, our guest today. Uh, last time he interrupted me through the whole intro and it kind of pissed me off. We got Bernie Sanders and Ben Shabibo. Um, can you tell me? You were. It's not fair. It's not fair. What? It's not fair that Ukraine gets to be visited by Putin. What do you mean? I wrote Putin every day since my bar mitzvah. Every single day. He did not show up to my bar mitzvah. He did not show up once to any of my birthday parties. It's not fair. What did Ukraine do? What did Ukraine do? Wait, so Ukraine you... Ukraine did not write him every day. You've been writing him for years. I've been writing him for years, and he has not shown up to a single one of my birthday parties. You've been asking Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin has not invaded my birthday party. He has invaded Ukraine, and that is unfair. It is unreasonable. They have not been as dedicated as I have to getting him to invade me. Okay, so you're saying... There's some sexual connotations there. You want I, him to invade? There's nothing sexual. <laughs> I just want Vladimir Putin to invade my birthday party. Why is it that you want Vladimir to invade your party? It is, it is, it is essential that a great leader shows up to a great person's party. And he is the greatest leader, as of right now. I do not want a shitty U.S. president to be showing up to my birthday party. I want Vladimir Putin. If he's not a great leader, why has he been a leader for so long? Okay, um, that kind of broke my brain. I want to turn it over to our other panelists. Yeah, um, Johnny Dredd's here, by the way. Hello, Podcast Nation. Uh, you know, if he didn't show up on a bear, like riding a bear, then I think that is pretty unfair. Um, also, uh, I think that, uh, you know, just writing letters uh, so many years in a row kind of does warrant a visit after a while. How many I, times you got to write a man till they come visit your birthday party? Well, if the Shawshank Redemption taught us anything, it's that Andy Dufresne got a whole library from writing letters. So I think you should get like maybe even just an email back from Putin. Yeah, nothing, nothing. He didn't, he didn't show up. He didn't, he didn't respond to any of my letters. I double-checked. I made sure it was the correct address. I made sure through numerous sources that these letters would get to Putin. So either I've been lied to or it's unfair. Now, Bernie, how many years have you been um, emailing Vladimir Putin to come to your birthday party? I haven't. Not once. And he still showed up to my bar mitzvah. He showed up to your <laughs> bar mitzvah. It was horrible. Worst bar mitzvah ever. No one, no one congratulated that Sanders kid for his bar mitzvah. No one uh, congrat nothing. They were all too distracted by Vladimir Putin and his bear. He brought his bear, and everyone wanted to see him with the bear. A bear does not belong in Vermont, Wisconsin. You might have had better success if you had just written a letter to Trump and said, ride an eagle and come and visit me. I, I didn't want either of them at my bar mitzvah. There's no reason... Someone that important should be there at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> so, so Putin's just showing up at your bar mitzvah. He just showed up at my bar mitzvah. It was the mm. worst, the worst bar mitzvah ever. I, I gotta say, you're lucky that he didn't show up to your bar mitzvah. It would have totally overshadowed you. It, it's your day, and he made it his day. I didn't get my day, but now, you got your day. Now, if you could go back today, uh, Mr. Sanders, and redo your bar mitzvah again. Um, would you, is there anyone specific you would invite? To my bar mitzvah? Yeah. No, it's, it's a family occasion. I'd probably invite Hillary. family that didn't show up. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Not her. Not her. 
Yeah. It's it's it would be at your cabin somewhere. It, it's it's a sacred ceremony too. There's there's it's for for the boys in the church. There's there's no reason anyone outside the church should be showing. Well, Vladimir Putin is not he's not Jewish. He's he has no interest in that. He's extreme Catholic, isn't he? Extreme. There's what do you think about that, Shabibi? A good Mr. Catholic Putin in his reign. I think it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant and it's still unfair. <laughs> he should have had him show up to my birthday party. It's unfair that he showed up to your birthday party. It's unfair that he showed up to your bar mitzvah. He should have showed up to mine. Because you didn't want him and I did. I think he just doesn't like complainers. I don't know. Maybe that's the reason he didn't show up. <sighs> Got to be honest, Ben. I'm losing it. I, I got to be honest, Ben. I think I, I think you're a little bit more whiny than uh, sh- than uh, Putin would like. <laughs> Mr. Shavivo, thank you for joining us. Peace the fuck out, guys. We need to get to something fucking serious. Okay, all right. There's there's serious things going on in the world right now. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot, all around the world. You know, and it's important that. We use our platform to speak on these things. Um, so I want to ask you guys, first and foremost, when you were in, like, school, were there any, like, black markets that were, you know, selling any, like, anybody selling shit out of their lockers? I ran, like, all the black markets out of all of my Okay, <laughs> tell me a little about this. All the black markets out of all of my lockers. I Let's had multiple pause. lockers. Hold on. I had I... multiple black markets going Good. through. Good. I forgot to actually introduce. We got Johnny Dreads here who promised me he's going to put the microphone by his mouth. Yes, I hope that uh, this is an acceptable volume today. We're going to so. try again with this. Okay, <laughs> tell me about your locker pedaling. Uh, yeah, man. So I definitely started pedaling smut. Oh, boy. Yeah, porn, for sure. What, definitely what pedaled was smut. Your source? Um, so here's what's up. Here's the timeline. Uh, so, um, like, probably 2006. Uh, we got a new computer because I had ruined my old computer with LimeWire. With okay, yeah, like not. literal like LimeWire AIDS. <laughs> so basically, it was a violent masturbation accident. Uh, and then uh, we got that new computer, and the guy who was setting it up was like, "Hey, we can do a DVD burner for you, so that you can rent a movie and then burn it and recreate it, or CDs too." And uh, so, sure enough. My first thought was I should be burning DVDs and CDs and selling them. And my brother had like, you know, a couple of porno DVDs. Were you, were you and I was like, let's were... fucking burn this porn and sell it to the kids at school. So did that was the first porn, racket. Did you think porn first or were you thinking like Linkin Park albums? First? It was like you simultaneous. I mean? It was both. It was a little bit of like I got if the I Blink could have... 182 and I got. The, if like, I could have dubbed up Linkin Park or Blink-182 with the porn, that would have been like the ideal best of both worlds. But I didn't have that option, so I just, you know. Would you would you overlay them or would you do like one after another? No, I would overlay them for oh, sure. Oh, oh, oh. You do the Linkin Park's track to whatever is going on. In the end, it doesn't really matter. I was thinking about like you show the porn and then play that song. So there's the shame of like, in the end... You know, you're like post nut clarity, little little sad about the deed you just did. No, no. <laughs> okay. Just overlay them so that they're perfectly in sync. You know. Okay, so you're selling porn out of your locker. Yeah, I did Ripped that. DVDs. Uh, definitely made a couple of couple of bucks on that for sure. How many you think? Be realistic, <sighs> dude. Realistically, like maybe a hundred bucks total. 
that's still like pretty, five dollars at a time though that's pretty so, fat you had yeah maybe hustle. sold 25 of those guys what was this like what year Two thousand seven? No, no, six? I mean like what what year in your education? Like Oh that's I was a middle school? Freshman sophomore. I was a sophomore. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I thought this was gonna be so, a middle school activity, it was, not a high it was, school activity. My high school started sophomore year, so it was the end of my sophomore year. So it was technically first year of high school for me, but it was tenth grade. That's still pretty good. Yeah. Bucks yeah, a hundred bucks over like, you know, a couple weeks or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. you probably like stole those CDs from your parents, the DVDs. So. No, I, I just got them from my brother. Okay. My brother was four years older, so he had like just graduated. Did it was he like... sign off on this? Oh, totally. Oh, <laughs> yeah. sick. He was down. Yeah, absolutely. We don't want to be rap, but that's kind of tight. I mean, it was pretty cool, peddling smut. <laughs> <laughs> did, did it? Did it escalate? Was that pretty much it, it? It escalated in the sense that I was like, what else can I sell? Not like, how can I sell more smut? It was just like, let's move away from this and go to something more profitable. And I think cigarettes was the next thing after that because everybody wanted to smoke cigarettes in high school. And I knew of a place that would sell me cigarettes at like yeah, a... Yeah, you had the connect at the underage. Yeah. And I, I got... Was, I was that kid too. I got a good price for those cigarettes. It was inflated because they knew that they were selling to an underager. And back then, cigarettes were like $5 a pack for like a cheap, oh, yeah, cheap yeah, pack, yeah. you know? And that's if, they, that's if I they, think they charged you up. My highest, uh, my highest like seller or my best seller was um, the Camel Pinks. It was like mostly a black pack with like pink outliers yeah, or whatever. Camel buddy. Pinks. Yeah, and I sold were those, those to a, slims? I slowed, sold those to a lot of girls. They were a little bit slimmer, yeah. They were slims. And then I made probably like another $200, $300 on like Camel Pinks. And then I was like, well, what's next? Like, how do I make more money? We don't need to talk about drug dealing. That's the <laughs> hey, I'm I'm not talking about selling drugs. I have not sold I drugs had to, up to this I point. I had to keep that one out. <laughs> I've, I've brought up every other thing. <laughs> Bro, in my middle school, so in like sixth grade, there was this rich kid whose dad, for no reason, would just let him buy like multiple 12 packs of Mountain Dew and bring them all to school and then he would just stash them in his locker and he was selling off cans of Mountain Dew for like 50 cents or like a dollar or something and then his dad would just keep buying them so like every other day his dad was buying him like multiple 12 packs of the Dew and he was just slinging them out his locker in between every class he would just run there and every kid knew that like for a couple cents you can go get yourself because you know, they had healthy drinks only in like the vending machines yeah. and the the cafeteria. And when they found out, he got into like a lot of trouble for that reason. Because they're like, "This is a sugary drink," and he's like, "Damn, I'm just selling off some drinks." And they they did not like that. And I've still to this day been confused why like you can't hustle soda pops out your fucking locker in middle school. Yeah, that is bizarre. It's a legal thing. It's not technically legal, is what? it? Selling off these products? Yeah, it's. It would be Don't you have to have permission to do that? I under certain and under a certain amount of money, you don't have to claim yourself as an LLC or like pay taxes and shit. No kids make it over the ten grand. You yeah, it's, I it's, feel like it was less legal or it was more legal back in the day. It's oh, less legal now. Especially yeah. that was way, that was back. You know what I mean? That's two thousand five. Is three probably you know what i mean so on a kind of side note but related um you can make t-shirts and sell those whenever you want that. right but if you go to a t-shirt company now today 
um, and you try to produce like a Star Wars t-shirt, right? That's owned by Disney. I can't, they won't put Star Wars logos or Star Wars figures on a t-shirt and then print it for you knowing that you're going to be reselling this because they can get sued for that. It's licensed material. It's licensed material, exactly. So like, depending on the company and like how sue happy they are, like they can definitely come after you and sue you for those profits and you might end up paying out the ass for it. Less so back in the day, more so now. Because there are like custom t-shirts, like submit your own design kind of deal to get put on a t-shirt. But they have to get approved. Right. It's like even though you're getting it, just one for yourself. Because I remember like seeing a post of someone trying to do it with um, Mr. Clean on it. And they're just like, no, for copyright reasons, we can't do it. Yeah. It's all about copyright. Mr. Clean's appearance in some way to make it your own, but... That's just the that's the entire concept of fair use, though. You I did know? have a homie in high school that we called Mister Clean, and he looked exactly like him. He had alopecia, so it was kind of a fucked up nickname. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, now he tried to do the same thing, and they were like, "No, we can't do this." And he was like, "No, it's my face. It's not Mister Clean." And they're like, "Okay, well, that makes sense." Dude, <laughs> I, I get it, but at the same time, like these companies own these copyrights on these things it makes a little bit of sense why they have to you know buy the licensing to purchase your whole product it's the same whole process that applies to like i've been learning a lot about how twitch streamers get a lot get away with a lot of the shit they get away with and essentially it's because they've found out which companies don't give a fuck and which ones do Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you can't stream a nintendo game because mm-hmm. they will come the fuck after you and they will bastardize you. But there are entire TV shows that you can watch on a stream without adding any commentary over. And they don't come after you because, A, they're probably broke by now or they just don't care because their content's getting out there so, in any way or another. So they found the way to cherry pick the companies that don't give a fuck and stay away from the ones that do give a fuck i brought up star wars because disney owns them and oh yeah D- and disney like will act- come the they, fuck after they you. actively look for that kind of stuff i w- it would not surprise me if they have the money to like pay somebody to look for that oh absolutely. and then and then go and sue the crap Probably out of that person yeah. guarantee yeah. guarantee you nintendo has people watching that uh, twitch streams nintendo is definitely one of them screening these major ones to make sure there's nothing crazy going on. AMC did that back in the day with The Walking Dead. So when The Walking Dead started, they definitely were looking at um, who was having like watch parties of The Walking Dead uh, during the first like maybe first three seasons. And um, uh, Bruvies downtown in Salt Lake was playing The Walking right. Dead. Right. And um, AMC sued them. Yeah. <laughs> and AMC won. Yeah. So. It's definitely a thing. The more popular they are, the more money they know they can make from it. If they have a lawyer on standby that they're already paying, well, why not you know sue you somebody? Can, you know you can <laughs> take down the smaller guy below you. And that's really what it is. If you already have a lawyer on standby ready to go, yeah. like put him to use and like get get you know sue somebody and stop your content from getting out there as best Dude, you can. That's that, that's so proven that it's already happened because like all these hit pieces against Joe Rogan, the one like the video of like the n-word and the same article that first started like the transphobia stuff can be traced back to a single person who works for this company i don't remember the name of but his job is essentially to spend like 30 hours of each week watching joe rogan's podcast and then another like 10 hours just logging all the things that they can try 
and use against him. And it's like literally his entire job to just try and fucking. I feel like that's like the meter made job of like society like your podcast like everybody hates that person it's like a necessary quote-unquote job but also it's like, like the concept of like reddit moderators and shit like all they yeah. do is just sit there and make sure you don't break the policies on like a forum board and it's like okay yeah maybe go get a real job yeah that's the thing like some of these people do that shit for free and they're like this is a full-time job oh yeah they treat it are you getting paid no then it's not you're doing this for free you're a suck-up sellout maybe i read it i i I moderate r slash picks okay i'm Mm -hmm. really important that's a full-time job and it's like you getting paid no then you're not a full-time job maybe i get a lot of reddit karma Maybe you should quit your job that everyone thinks is bullshit and start doing a podcast on Saturday nights with your homies. Maybe don't quit your job but request Saturday nights off and then do... So do your douchebag job but also make a podcast about it later. Because you got to pay rent to have a room. That's true. To do a podcast. I'm currently rent free right now and I feel just... Blessed. Hashtag blessed. So. I kind of jokingly, I think one day on here, we did the math of like how much a, a month I spend on this. No, yeah, it was last week. We like came to the conclusion it was like, what, $150? For this room? Oh, This hour that, or something? Oh, or this yeah, night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's studio yeah. time, baby. Studio time. Fuck, need to rent it out. My whole, That's why, dude, I got, I got the, the, we're legit. That's all you need. <laughs> my whole life i always wondered like how guys uh you always heard that one guy who was like yeah man i got this girlfriend and she's paying my whole way and i don't really have to pay rent and i just kind of like bum around i don't have a job and i wondered my whole life like how the fuck can i get into that position but be a little bit less of a piece of shit and i've made it man i gotta be honest i made it, <laughs> <laughs> made it there minimal piece of shit yeah to a degree that's kind of what my dad does though well, I eat a lot. Of, I eat a <laughs> yo, lot of pussy. So, <laughs> yo, let's be honest. You take gender out of that, and if it just becomes like, yo, do you want to be with somebody who makes enough money that you don't gotta worry, and all they want is for you to like hang out and be there with them? Like, what person would not be like? That actually, sounds pretty tight. You know yeah. what I mean? You it's have like, to. You have to be able to step up and do the opposite for them, though. Yeah. At the same time, like, you know, like my girlfriend allowed me to quit my job and just pursue my motorcycle mechanics degree for like three months. Okay. So for three months, I just paid no rent, didn't buy anything. You hold it, it just, down. You yeah. hold it down. And like now on the opposite end, if she wanted to quit her job, I for sure down. would come up with that money because yeah. I've got that money in the bank and I make sure, you know, I made sure that I'm saved up and I'm good to go for that. I think it's one of those other things too where if you're like unemployed but rent's still getting paid for for you it's like yeah it's a, that's a clean ass house oh yeah no i definitely like my house is spotless you right? should dude, you should see my girlfriend's house no that's spotless i have i have a buddy who like a good friend of mine who uh supported his wife through like four years before they got married they're living together and he like paid all of the bills for everything so that she could get this like big a uh, master's degree in biology and now she makes like 150k a year and 
he's a stay-at-home dad. Mm-hmm. And he always kind of jokes with people whenever he like anyone tries to give him shit that like she's the breadwinner and he's the stay-at-home dad. He'll always easily retort back to them like, yeah, that might be the case now. But there was like the reason she is there is because for four years, you know what I mean? Like I was working two jobs and doing all this other shit to hold down the fort while she got it she's like so that's why it's like kind of an not an agreement with us but it's not an issue in the relationship no it's a back and forth yeah because you each it when when you needed it you each kind of so I don't think every relationship's a 50-50 you know what I mean it's like at certain times it's kind of like a 60-40 a 70 like you're depending on especially when it comes to like chore specific stuff I think there's a limit to that though too like 60-40 70-30 that works good and it goes back and forth from person to person 60-40-70-30 but also like it should never really get to like 20-80 or like 100-0 or consistently or consistently the other way yeah it should switch yeah but like 70-30 is the max I, I, I gotta be honest, man, like, even when you're fucked up, if you're having, like, health problems or, like, whatever, like, let's go 70-30, like, put in your effort, there's a lot of things you can do that make a difference that may not be a lot of effort, but I think 70-30 is where you draw the line, I think no matter what situation you're in, you can always put 30% of your maximum Absolutely. effort in, well, so. Well, can we focus right now on changing gears a little bit? All of us put at least 70% energy. Um, we're going to go 80. We're going to tip the scales. And cause we're, we're 22 minutes in almost. And I think we need to finally get to the important things that we need to talk about today. I mean, like, boy, I've been thinking about this a lot these last couple days with everything wrong going on in the world. And I've been just trying to figure out, like, how do you tell your kid they're autistic? Do you really tell them? Do I don't do know, you, dude. I've been thinking about this. Like, can you tell them? Well, you well, could. You, you could. Tell them. How do you approach like, this? Does it matter if you tell them? Here's the thing. You <laughs> Hold t- on. You, let's go. Let's go with the circle. You start us off. You you tell your kid that he's autistic, and then suddenly he's got a limitation that he has to like he's be limited by. He's aware of it. Or you could just focus on making sure that they do the things that they can do the best, the best that they can do them. Encourage them to like maximize their efforts towards what they're able to maximize their efforts towards. Without going there, if you had to tell your kid they're autistic, how are you doing it? Yo, I'm just under some under some way, how are you doing it? I'm just gonna like uh like I'm gonna make them a great breakfast, right? Ham, bacon, eggs, OJ, fresh squeezed and then he when he's just room. like, Dad, everything's great. I'm just going to open hand, palm slap him across the face and say, listen, Johnny Jr., you got autism. Hey, and here's what we're going to do about it. I need, <laughs> to ask, I need to ask, is this breakfast something that comes already shocking to him because you never do this? You're more usually like a get-your-own-cereal type of guy. But he comes out this one day and he's like, oh, there's this brick or is this just a normal thing and he comes out and he's like man my dad's so dope he makes me fucking breakfast every day it's i mean like, i make i'll make breakfast every day but to not lead this up breakfast. into it no nah. i mean I, I i do breakfast every day because i'm that kind of guy and you're adding the smack in i'm too. i'm adding like the extra i'm going the extra mile with like the bacon the and like all the other stuff like and then like when he's like wow this is a better breakfast than usual then he's gonna get smacked across the 
right across the face. And I'm going to say, yo, Johnny Jr., you got autism. But I'm also going to have a plan. I'm going to say, hey, this is what we're doing about it. You're great at this, this, and this. And this is how we're going to handle this. And, and you're going to get me into the fucking NBA games one day. Exactly. Like, you're autistic, but you're also 7'3". So guess who's going to the NBA? <laughs> Which is why I want to have sex with an Amazon lady. And then she'll have my babies. And he'll be like a six foot four, ten year old. What about you? <laughs> I'm going to buy him that hat that says, please be patient, I have autism. And just make him wear it. Like, until he notices. For the rest of his life until he puts two and two together. But then I don't have to tell anyone else because of the hat's self-explanatory. Oh, yes! No one's going to bring it up, really, but they'll, they'll treat him as such. And then he'll That's a really like, good idea. Or he won't. It's, who cares? That's a really good idea. Everyone's aware around him, so they can all adjust accordingly, being like, yo, we got... We got we got the kid here, you know what I mean? We got to be nice. But also, he can just fucking, like... I mean, let's be real. He can probably read the hat. But it does... You're right, though. Maybe. It's gonna... It's gonna, it's gonna be a while, though, between being able to read. Because, like, you can read words way before you can comprehend what I have autism means. You know what I mean? So, for a while, he's just reading the words. Dude, I think your dog just shit. Really? It kind of smells like it. I'll check it out because I have to pee and I'm going to step <laughs> out. So. You don't smell it? That's wild. Okay. <laughs> but like, <sighs> but wait—is that window open? No. Okay. Because I know sometimes people walk their dog by there, and you can like hear and smell it. Oh yeah, and they can hear. Yeah. Well, well, here let's get back to talking about autistic kids, I guess. Because like, okay, okay. No, I like your theory. No, I know. But I'm thinking too because it's like they can very obviously read it. But now I'm thinking what he said maybe. Is that, how autistic are we talking? Well, that's the one thing I didn't want to really try and add, because that adds too many variables, you okay, know what I mean? Okay. Like, so, me- I medium. For sake of argument, middle. Medium. Okay. Medium on the stake grade. Yeah, because I mean, there's like degrees of like, Asperger's, Rain Man, Down Syndrome, like, where, where are we looking at this? Right in the middle. <laughs> right in the middle. Okay. I don't know. Do you want to know how I think I would tell mine? Hmm. I have two options. Okay. Okay. First, I'm going to go with the compliment sandwich okay. type approach. But less compliments and more distractions. Okay. So it'll be like, hey, hey, little Johnny, just so you know, we're having dinner at five. You're autistic, and at 7 o'clock, we're going over to Grandma's for cake. At 7? <laughs> yeah, dude, and I'm just throwing it. I'm throwing it in there as many times as I need to yeah. until it hits. But I'm always sandwiching it with, uh, with a little factor. Shut the... You don't need to be so scared. Oh, she's being quiet. 
So this plan is uh is compliment sandwich to like subliminally drop hints. Yeah, yeah, this is my plan, Johnny. You were out. So essentially this is how I'm gonna tell my kid. I'm gonna go in and just be like, yo, we're eating dinner tonight at five o'clock. You're autistic. And at 7 o'clock, we're going over to Grandma's for some, like, cake and to hang out. Slipping in. Yeah, we're going to. easy. I'm, right. <laughs> and and I think I'm going to have to do it a couple times. It's not going to catch. But I'm just going to start throwing it in there casually until it sticks. You know what I mean? And then from there, I'm going to maybe hopefully hand it off to the wife to do the the explaining part of things, right? The easy, like easy in approach is not. It's nice. And my other approach, Kay, is essentially to threaten my doctor and tell them that they need to tell my child. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna be there in the room with them, and I'm gonna pretend to be oblivious as fuck. What does that mean, dog? What? Autist? What do you mean? Be shocked. What is that? That's gonna scare the kid. If what you're like that? shocked, you're like, oh my god, Doc, he's <laughs> autistic. I didn't think well, about is he gonna die? <laughs> and then, and then now you think your kid, now your kid thinks he's gonna die. Am I autistic? And then the you turn to your wife. Like all he has is just a, a little more than normal obsession with Legos, but it's acting like this. Whoa, is what does Legos of- have to do with it? I fucking love Legos. <laughs> well, I'm saying a little more than normal obsession, like that. He's just very because you know how like certain types of autism just has like that hyper focus thing. Or it's like one specific thing. Well, now you got me really concerned because you know how much money I've spent on Legos in the last 30 days? Okay, I think like three, four hundred dollars. Well, good news. So, is, am I autistic, Dad? Bro, this no, is, God. This is why we brought this up on the pod. You telling me I'm autistic? Did you know how we were saying we needed to tell the kid they're autistic? Fuck. Am I the autistic one? Johnny, we're 30 minutes into this podcast. You're autistic, and we got 30 minutes left to go. Shit. Well, I, I got to say, I think I'm a high-functioning high functioning autistic person. So. Do we have to say the disclaimer that we're... Like, no. Yeah. We're dead serious. Do you guys really think I'm autistic? <laughs> what are the signs of autism? It's not just Legos, is it? Because no, I fucking Legos. love Legos. It's mostly Legos. <laughs> okay, okay. To make you feel better, someone with autism that obsessed with Legos would not be here right now. They'd be home playing with legos okay i have like five six boxes of legos that i have not built yet yeah so you got the self-control it's called being lazy yeah instead of playing with legos okay attention seeking and lazy more so than lego obsession i mean my lego obsession is strong i just have like a bunch of projects going all the time but i do like on the autism level i do it's a small world you can control Kinda. It's more about building things. It's more about like the, it's the anti ADD thing. Like oh, I, I just, don't. I have the anti ADHD thing. Like it, I want to sit and focus with zero distractions. You realize that do a my major thing. part of ADHD, right? Yeah. It's hyper focus. Huh. Well, ADHD know that. kids. Yeah. It's when an ADHD kid gets into a task that they enjoy. They are able to block out it's this weird hyper focus where nothing else in the world exists other than that thing, and they will hyper focus on it for twelve to sixteen hours, maybe a couple days, and then that thing automatic. I don't want to say it doesn't exist anymore, but like that that hyper focus isn't the opposite of ADD. It's almost like in 
integral part when it's focused in the right direction. I don't have the desire to do that for like 24 hours straight. No. But like three, four hours of good building Legos, like I can still have a conversation while I'm doing it. It's a distracted conversation, but I can still multitask. You're not looking at your phone as much, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're kind of in that zone. I am in that zone, but that's just concentration. I don't think that that's like ADHD or ADD or whatever. Autism. Autism. I saw saw a story once about autism, though, where it was um, was a guy recounting um, online growing up. And he's like, yeah, um, I grew up in a single-parent household, and my mom was an escort, but she'd work from home kind of deal. So every night she brought a, a person over. She'd take me and my brother and put us in the back room. Before she locked the door, she'd say, you know, take care of your brother. He's autistic. And... Um, she did that every night. And then when, like, 20 years later, me and my brother still don't know which one our mom was talking about. (laughs) 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 Separately put you in there one at a time. He's autistic. Take care of him. Just put them both in and, like, stare both of them down. It's like, take care of your brother. He's autistic. And then they close the door. And then both of those guys have, like, top Lego collections. (laughs) (laughs) Grade A ones. Right. So actually, real talk, I do have a grade A Lego collection. That's fine. No can joke. We, can we talk about a serious matter finally? Yeah, I mean, what's more important than Star Wars Legos, dude? There's <laughs> something really important going on right now. The most important thing in the planet? Probably crucial to, to the Earth's history. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's, oh, man, I don't even know how to. It's van life. It's van life. Man, van life is pretty important right now. Yeah. Keystone to civilization right now. A precursor to this van life conversation is Chris Farley. He once had a uh, Saturday Night Live skit. Where he does uh, so Matt really Foley, do the old man down by the river. The Matt goes. Foley, yeah, it was the insp- uh, inspirational speaker, and you know, it, we've seen it. Yeah, uh, if you want to end up writing that's books, great, that's a great and rolling great doobies visit. down by the river, then you're gonna live in a van. And yeah. nowadays, that's like the American dream is oh, rolling yeah. doobies in a van down by the river, not having to pay some fucking. Stupid idiot for some fucking property taxes. Well, there's a lot of money that goes into it still. I mean, you can't just dump your shit well, no on the shit side of the Sherlock. river. So you got to pay for that. You got to pay for lot fees if you park somewhere. Johnny, you got to pay for gas. You got to pay for insurance, which is higher because it's RV insurance and it's not fucking. There's a lot that goes are we, into it. Are we making fun of van life people or are we giving a tutorial on which you need the van life? Well, if you want to make fun of van life people, I can tell you I that my buddy way, almost blew himself up today. I think today it's way more van. fun to make fun of van life people than it is. Because, like, they can just go watch tiny home shows or van life shows. Like, we don't need to fucking, but your it's buddy. It's crazy that a tiny home costs more than, like, a normal home. No, it does not. It does. Mm. Uh, what do you call a normal home? What do you put a price on a normal? What number? Depends on the state you live in. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. It does depend on the state yes. you live in. Because I've seen, like, normal homes that go for about, you know... 400,000 here in Salt Lake. Yeah, 400,000, but then there's, like, 800,000 tiny homes that they showcase. 
Those are so like that the insane. Eight hundred thousand, an eight hundred thousand dollar tiny home. You fucking yeah. kidding me? It's like no. They commercially they commercially sell them pre-built with everything you need in it for about forty to. 50. Well, yeah, but the tiny home show. Oh, well, that's two different things. Yeah, no, this is like that's trying to that's trying to glamorize, yeah, like glamorize the tiny home show is geared towards retire retirees and pensioners who are like, how can I spend three hundred grand on this forty five thousand dollar tiny home? About, I don't even think it's about like investing in the tiny home community and making people want to like spend a lot of money on tiny homes. I think it's trying to up your production value to make your show that much more attractive to gain more eyes because these people don't have stake in tiny home businesses they just want to show you the most ridiculous tiny home they can make put an insanely low value on it so people like me can spend three months watching the show with gridded paper being like alright this is a foot this foot each and I had my whole like tiny house planned out because I thought I could do it you know what I mean and that's all it was they're up in the production value to keep you in but it's like I'm still because it's never old people that live in these on the no. show it's always like Old twenty year olds. Old people just buy a trailer. Yeah. Old people do just buy like yeah, a fifth wheel. My parents have yeah. bought two fifth different fifth wheels in the last three years. My dad's bought three oh, different shit. trucks because they just keep upgrading. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's a good business. They're currently in a place I won't name for the next like month so, and a half, just chilling. I was actually at the boat show just the other day, like last week or two ago, and um, I'll tell you, I bought a hot, cool. I bought a hot dog and a black, uh, a white claw for uh, you know like fifteen bucks, and that was a dollar fifty worth of shit for fifteen dollars. So if we're talking about a highly profitable business, maybe we should start selling fucking hot dogs and white claws. <laughs> Jesus. Because that's about a 1,400% increase on your <laughs> so your profits. What do you think would be better? A person living in like a small dinghy boat or someone living in a van? Like which one would you rather do? I'd rather do the boat, man, bar none. It's a little bit more expensive in certain areas. but it's maintenance and upkeep. Yeah, maintenance and upkeep for sure. And like there's like port fees or docking fees yep, or whatever yep, yep. Like, that's gonna be way higher but that's so much more worth it because look where you get to go and the things you get to see the people you get to be around whereas like the van man your van could get broken into fucking any day you could get robbed you could get uh, pulled over and ticketed you could get towed there's so many other bad things that could happen whereas like you know if you live on a boat and like the worst thing that could happen is like god throws a fucking hurricane your way and you like sink and die but other than that you're probably just gonna be fine. So there's there's a park right <laughs> yeah, over here. You just have to find the right place to park it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's that as bad for like the van lifers, truthfully, because there are two vans that are habitually parked on the side of Fairmont Park for three years now. They have been parked two big vans, both of them. I know one's got this big blue bungee cord that holds it together. They park on the very, the east side actually. Um, and I think they just leave for a couple hours every day and go park in, like, a neighborhood somewhere and then come back. But they have been chilling there uninterrupted, it seems, for three and a half years now. Okay, so here's the thing is that cops definitely come and harass them about it. But the, the cops' ability to, like, do anything other than come and harass them about it and they eventually, is very limited. Which is why they eventually yeah. stop harassing so like, them about it. So, um, there's nothing they can do. It's not worth you can do time. You can do the similar thing with, like, public camping areas. Um, yeah. Not in national parks, but, like, just, like, BLM land. Yeah. 
Uh, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks is the limit. And then a cop comes and he says, hey, you got to move your car. Well, you can move it for a day and then come right back and you got your two-week limit starts over again. They do have a little bit more strict limits. Like you got to be more than 40 miles outside of the national park for your two weeks. Right. But they don't consistently track that. And I only know this because when I was at Utah State, there was a buddy who lived in Green Canyon in an igloo, and he was straight up living in this igloo selling drugs out of it in this canyon which is super smart by the way (laughs) it's super smart and after like three months of him living out of this igloo the neighborhood people who kept seeing his car being parked there every night ratting him out and he showed up to an eviction notice attached to his igloo that was staked into the snow of the igloo with a stick so, like, the cop had to come up with his eviction notice and be like, how do I get this here? So he got a stuck stick. But she had to, like, spend government money to go buy a steak from, like, REI. No, not, no, not a steak. A stick. Oh, a stick. Okay. Like, broken off from a tree. Just stabbed with a stick into Old school. the side of his igloo just an eviction notice. And he called them. And he was like, I'm homeless. What are you going to evict me from? And they were straight up like, we'll come take all your shit. Cool. They thread like to come like take his cot and sleep right? bag. You're gonna take like, my sleeping bag and like, my fucking igloo, like melt the ice. Like, what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's plenty of ice, dude. So he had this routine that was like Green Canyon was on the north side and that was BLM land, but down at Blacksmith Fort Canyon. That was National Forest Land. And those two people beef, so their systems don't talk. So while they each say you can spend two weeks there, but you had to be 50 miles away for your next two weeks, they don't communicate. So he would just bounce two weeks at each spot and get away with it. That's a smart loophole. Yeah, so he lived for like three years going to school up at Utah State, just living out of his car in a tent. That's beautiful. That dude must have saved, like, maybe, I don't know, three years of rent at $1,000 a month. That dude saved, like, thirty-five grand. It would just be a party up at his campsite every night. He would just get people to come up and just sit around the fire and bring beer, you know what I mean? Yeah, man, potluck. And then he doesn't have to get food because people bring their own food. Yeah, they all bring their own food. And he was, he's, I don't want to say he was because that makes it sound like he's not anymore but he is like one of those highly energetic kind of like alton type of dudes who just like you want to be around them so you're like if i'm gonna go sit around a campfire like it's i want to go sit around fucking his campfire that's gonna be like a hell of a time i just know it dude and i'm all for that man if you can be like a nomad but like be respectful to the land that you're living on and then leave within a timely you know two-week period i guess um, and then come back later and, you know, reoccupy that area. That's fine. I agree as long as like, that's what that area is for, is for people to be there. So who's to say that two weeks is too long? But I can say for sure that, like, a year is too long or six months is too long. Well, and even in these areas I was just talking about in Logan, they do have problems with these gypsy camps. Yeah. That are notorious for coming through for, like, three months at a time. And they have a different person answer the door every time the cops show up and all the rest of them hide. And it's some, they somehow get away with being, like, no, I'm a different person. I'm a different person, but I'm using their trailer, which doesn't, like, somehow skirt it around the rule. You know what I mean? And Man, I think as long as you're, like, leaving no trace... 
It's fine. Okay. I, oh, I really, those, I really those, couldn't care less. And that's the thing with like gypsy camps is like, yeah, they're leaving a bunch of trash and just totally wrecking the area. They, they like, wreck the I have area. no problem with the college kid who's living in the igloo that's no, gonna bad. melt and like he cleans up his trash and like all that. Like, dude, if you're not wrecking the area, Absolutely. go for it. He was he was super serious about like every morning he'd wake up all hungover. He would go around and pick up all the wounded soldiers and all the yeah. leftovers, and he would drink them. But it was also his like, all right, I gotta clean this fucking yeah, gotta clean this place up. You know what I mean? I'm I'm an Eagle Scout man, and like, leave no trace was like just beat into me for sure. And like, I'm a firm believer. Like, that's definitely what separates our state from a lot of other states is that people leave trash just freaking everywhere. And like, Utah is super clean, man. Like, we are actually a very clean state comparatively. And, like, nice place I, to live. Dude, I took a, a walk around my girlfriend's, um, her new, like, apartment complex today. And, like, people just left their dog shit everywhere. And somehow, there was not, like, an ordinance that said, like, you get fined if you pick up your dog shit. There was just dog shit everywhere. And I was like, dude. I've lived in bigger apartment complexes with more dogs that had less dog shit left on the ground. And somehow, like, people just didn't do their civic responsibility to, like... California people that were living in my apartment for a while, they just leave their trash on their front porch. They didn't have a front porch. It was the hallway. And they just leave it out there like they had room service or something. Yeah. It's a joke. But, but hey, man, if, you, if you're picking up after yourself, you're responsible, you're not bugging people, do whatever the fuck you want. That's the libertarian point of view. Diet Republican. Let's Final question on van life. Okay, okay. What if you put the van in that, like, you know, knee-high lake? Sorry, you put the boat in that knee-high lake in Fairmount Park. Would that be the move? No, that shit's super boggy. You know what I mean? So you would be like... You might... Uh, you can't put, move. You might put some, like, pollution in the lake that would affect wildlife. Because it's so small. Okay, okay. That would be my concern. Because boats definitely do put out a little bit of pollution. We like, can't from their actually engines. move anywhere, though, either, because there's so much algae in that little pond. Like, you couldn't have You could a affect crop. the ecosystem there. Them birds, a them kayak birds would be or like up. a kayak or like something inflatable. Yeah, but like a boat. You're talking about like a real boat, like a fiberglass. And, and you know what? You could sleep on the shore right next to that, and no one bothers you. Why would you risk going out and like hovering over that nasty ass water? You're talking about like a fiberglass hole boat with like yeah, yeah. with an engine. No, no. To your side of the lake. Well, I mean, we we've definitely dodged cops on lakes before by just going to the opposite side of wherever you the know cop what was. we're talking about, right? Yeah, Fairmont, like across the yeah, that pond that's like the size of my house. Yeah, no, that's not legit. You can't do that. Can't. That's what he's talking about. We're not talking about going to Jordan Ellen. No, I'm talking about like putting a kayak out there or something like a float. Like you ain't out running, dude. A cop could dude. run around that lake in the time you would get halfway around with your kayak. You could put an inflatable mattress out there, okay, and then just push Why? push out to the middle, Why? and then no cop would be able to get you without getting a boat of their own out there so like that'd be the move but like an actual boat with like a hole no absolutely not okay <laughs> i like inflatable wrap though i'm thinking mattress dude inflatable fucking mattress just like put a, a like a queen like a queen size mattress just push out to the middle no one could get you you could do a lot of shit out there do you do you only breathe through your mouth matter of fact we should have a party of inflatable mattresses on the middle of that park 
<laughs> um, fuck you. Can we finally talk? <laughs> Guys, we only have like 15 minutes left. Okay. Um, I want to really talk about the important things affecting our world with our last little bit. Get a little bit more, more serious. Um, talk about, you know, the great, great trials. Um, and for this, I want to, I want to watch a video. Okay. Oh, the great trials of life, huh? talking from a educational knowledge-based standpoint I'm talking from intuition so I was just filling up my gas at Smith's and I paid cash today and when I spoke to the kid who was working in there he had such a beautiful energy such a bright light and when I was I was like oh my gosh who is this person working you know this job and I kept hearing when I was filling up for gas, he needs to hear that he's amazing and he needs to hear that he has potential. And I was like, and I just kind of kept sitting with it and I was like, mm, you know, I'm sure he knows or the world is going to keep spinning in its orbit even if I don't tell him. So will it really even make that big of a deal? Just basically talking myself out of it because I was thinking of um, Teresa Caputo, the uh, New York medium how she just goes up to people and like gives unprecedented readings um not to say like that's bad because i know she changes lives but i also know there's like yeah just that energetic consent but anyways okay i'm sorry to pause here and i gotta steal connor's mic because mine's down by the thing but i just want to point out she talked here about energetic consent okay and how it might not be that cool to just invade people's energy like how you're invading connor's mic <laughs> yes. Bro, my energy from the mic Dude, connor did not consent to that i kept hearing it and i was like fine so i go up to him and he's like yeah can i help you and i was like so this is kind of this might sound weird but i'm intuitive and i'm getting messages that i need to tell you i was like do you have any kind of like dream or anything it is that you're wanting in life and he's kind of like thinking about it and I was like I'm being told you need to go after it and I'm being told that your potential is out here and it's just waiting for you to for you to meet it so dream bigger and his face literally lit up he had this beautiful smile his eyes were so bright and then he's just like thank you so much have a great day and I was like you too and like I have no idea the impact that that could have. He lit up because he gets to tell his friends like, he was schizo today. But it's like when you feel the nudge, you have to follow it. That's the divine working through you to be an earth angel. Literally, we all have the capacity to be a divine conduit of these messages, but we have to listen when we get the promptings. And it doesn't matter about how it's perceived because when it comes from the divine, like, we are in service to the divine like that is our job and so the more you open up that portal and you answer these callings the more you're going to receive higher responsibilities that are in alignment with your path 
the messages that come to you and trust that you don't have to know the end result it's going to create, but you get to be the divine conduit for someone's life. You get to be a light in whatever way possible. Okay. The magic that... I have a lot to say on this because I <laughs> okay, let's talk. About I worked this. at a gas station, all right, and I also went to a gas station earlier today and had a similar thought with this. So when I was working at the gas station, there were definitely those weird fucking people that came in and they were like, "Oh my god, like your energy, you're picking up something from you," and like I would fuck with them and I'd be like, "Really?" Because what? I've got this energy that I've been thinking about all day, and like I was putting it out there, and I'm so glad someone received I do it. Have, I do have goals. Which was totally objective and bullshit. And I was like, you think I have goals? Of course I have goals. You think do I have dreams? I don't want to work at this fucking gas station anymore. No way. How did you know? And you're like, oh my god, you should work somewhere else. And like whatever your dream is, you should go follow it. And the irony there is that I did go and fucking follow my dream, and it went nowhere. <laughs> I went back to school with you. Matter of fact, that's when you and I met each other. Was when I went back to school after working at the gas station. And I went and got my plant science degree thinking that I was going to be some freaking plant scientist for whatever job that would specifically entail. And uh, sure enough, it went nowhere. I did finish the degree and it just like got me nothing. But these people who come in, they're like, I need to share my light with you and I just need to help you. It's like, no, you fucking don't. I was already going to college without you and your bullshit. It's, 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 it's virtue signaling harassment, isn't it? It's like them coming in and needing to not only announce to this fucking poor kid who's just trying to make ends meet, probably his second job, you know what I mean? His fucking mom's homesick. He's just trying to do his thing to make sure he can fucking pay for his bills. And she comes in and she's like, you need to do better than this. And he's yeah, like, that's a, what, what the fuck? You know what I mean? That's like, a very judgmental and not point only of that, view. Do you know what I hate? She started this off by saying and pointing out that she paid with cash, which means she needed to go into the building and physically give somebody money to do that, which means she automatically assumes by telling that kid, hey, you deserve better than this. She knows already ahead of time that she's above a gas station because she's she needs this person's service it's a judgmental point of view for sure she needs this she's, person's service so she can get gas but she also wants to shit on them for being the person who's willing to provide right that service. so is she gonna go in every time after that when he quits and goes back to college for to chase his dream is she gonna go into the next guy and say you're better than this even when he's like a 56 year old or 60 year old pensioner would be like you're yeah this makes sense. Is she going to tell that? Your yeah. energy's weak and you deserve to be the cash-taking guy. Not like the guy before you who had great energy and, and destined, destined to be something one day. And no, you're just a fucking piece of shit who deserves to work at the gas station. Okay, so I literally, right before I got over here, I was at the gas station and I had a similar thought. Because I've, I know this gas station attendant, like the, the cashier. And uh, I've met him several times, and he's got a great personality, and he seems like somebody who would do better not being a gas station attendant. And that thought had occurred to me, like, hey, man, maybe you should try something else. Maybe you should do something that's more suited to your personality. But you know what? I kept my fucking mouth shut because I'm not a piece of shit and an asshole. <laughs> yeah, because I used to work at a gas station. I was him like three years ago, and I'm not going to tell him, man, you could do so much better. 
Like, maybe I'd question him and say, hey, man, like, what's going on with your life? What do you want to do? I'm not going to say, dude, you got this potential and you're just not letting your light shine. You think, you think, you think any gas station workers there because they're like, you know what? I've realized my full potential. Okay. I've known one. And it's that's taking... it. Of all the gas station attendants, I've known hey, one who's like, like that's, that's his best spot. And he did Let's well. Put he did well. Let's yeah. put respect on his name because we need people. I hate to say it. We sure. need. We rely. That's the backbone of this society is people like that. And we constantly shit on them acting like we don't need the gas station attendant to make sure that we can fucking pay for our gas. Acting like we don't go to McDonald's every other day and need that worker to fucking make our burger for us. You know what right. I mean? It might be a stepping stone to a better job and like encourage people to like, you know, constantly move up. I think we should all be moving up. You know, I'm never going to stay at my one job for the rest of my life. I'm, I constantly switch it up and move up, right. learn a new skill. But also, like, I'm definitely not going to be like, you're wasting your potential here. Like, what the fuck? Like, no, this is a job to get me what I want to the next step. I got to pay my bills, dude. Everybody has a plan. Like, don't no, shit on his fucking plan. This was my end. Do you think this is the final step for me? Right. Like that 19-year-old kid at Smith's gas station was like, "No, this. I was gonna do this for the rest of my life until this girl from fucking Alta bro, showed up." Bro, bro, <laughs> bro, I was gonna, I was gonna be a gas station attendant for my entire life, and then yo, this girl with red hair showed up, and she told me how dope my vibe was, and I can't tell you, like, I'm so excited that I finally now understand my potential and know that I can fulfill my dreams because I know now that I am capable. So I'm going to go home, meet up with my homies, and start a podcast. Yeah, boy! When I graduate high school, I'm getting a better job. When I graduate from college with a degree, I'm going to rent out one of my own bedrooms to be a studio in my house. Oh, and here we are. Hey, what's up, TikTok? Fucking A. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Do we, can we do the? I'm just thinking too about the kid. It's like, do you think he probably just sat there? It's like, wow, what a strangely sexy, like psychopath. <laughs> no, I would if I, if it was me in that position, which was like three years ago. I definitely would have been like, oh my god, you're so right. Can I have your number? Let's go talk about this later at the bar tonight. <laughs> Dude, and all her shit, Johnny, I'll show you some more later, but, like... Nah, please don't. Cover, <laughs> we've been covering this crazy bitch. It is nothing but tits and ass, and, like... Bro, she literally, like... Calling it mystic. She does these oh, things. Oh, she's, like, half-naked, and then, like, being, like, a quote-unquote mystic. A shaman. Yeah. A cultural shaman. And then it's literally, like... I do these dances to absorb light codes, and so she's dancing all weird, doing this like weird King touch it. But however, every video starts with her setting the camera down like this, and it's just a gigantic cleavage shot for the first like ten seconds. She does that on purpose. Oh, it's she could buy she could buy a mount. It's a thousand percent on purpose, bro. Dude, we got we got a minute and a half left. Are we gonna finally get to it? All right, we gonna do it. The most important thing to talk about. Neil Young. Oh, I was going <laughs> to... I forgot about the Neil Young thing. Hell, forget. That's right. What do you mean? How do you forget? This is huge. That's because if you don't get your... This is the most important Because if something bothers you, throw a temper tantrum. Yeah. Not only that, back out of it. Because you're not making any money from your temper tantrum. 
So now your music's back up on Spotify. Yep. I forgot it was maybe not supposed to bring this one up. Yeah, maybe but not might be true, but... <laughs> but it's the Prepared for Nothing podcast. We don't really do research. We're kind of more feelings people. Did we happen to push a false agenda? Maybe. Did we research the false agenda to see if it was false? No. I mean, do we know for a fact that Ben Shapiro is angry that Pootie didn't come to his... Dude, he's oh, angry because his daddy didn't love him. Well, dude, <laughs> no, I think this, <laughs> he was in the studio. He said it. He said it. He straight up. He straight up told us. That's like, like that's the fact. most valid that's source fact. you can get. Yeah. yeah. So from that we can know from fact because you can trust us because of Ben Shapiro that Neil Young's back on Spotify. Yeah, Neil Young's back on Spotify. Hey, you can find anything on the internet. It's always there. Rule thirty four. The internet doesn't forget, baby. Rule thirty four. <laughs> Oh, God. Nasty. All right, friends. Johnny, thank you for fucking being here and sticking the mic in your goddamn mouth this time. Hopefully you can hear me this time. You did a little better today on that one. Uh, We'll catch you all later, guys. Have a good night.